Welcome to Right Royal Roundup with Carolyn Cash. The show that keeps you updated with what's happening in the world of royalty, from the British royal family through to the aristocracy and current events from around the royal world. Hello and welcome to Right Royal Roundup. I'm Carolyn Cash and we have a very special show with our first interview for 2018 about a possible royal visit to regional New South Wales. Also coming up later in today's show, King Harold of Norway celebrates a 40th anniversary celebration, more celebrations for Crown Prince Frederick in Denmark, find out why the 29th of May was once a public holiday and also Queen Elizabeth meets the new Australian High Commissioner, so stay tuned. Visit Right Royal Roundup on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Right Royal Roundup. Or you can check out our website, rightroyalroundup.com.au. King Harold attended the 40th anniversary commemorations for Norway's first crisis centre in Oslo on Wednesday the 30th of May 2018. The crisis centre was first established under the name of Camilla Crisis Centre and provides services for women, men and children who are victims of violence or facing threats of violence in close relationships. These free services include temporary housing, help for victims and their children, liaising with police and legal assistance if required, or interpreters. There is a shelter and follow-up for victims exposed to human trafficking, working with two organisations to look after young men and women subject to honour-related violence, controlling parents and forced marriages. These are government-funded services which are available nationwide. General Manager Inger Lise Larsen said, quote, It is a great honour that the King was present at the opening of the Jubilee Seminar. End of quote. Oslo's Mayor, Marianne Borgen, officially opened the 40th Anniversary Conference with speeches from government councillors Linda Hofstad-Helland and Tor Mikalwara. Speakers explained how the shelter was created, what changes had taken place within the past 40 years and what the Oslo Crisis Centre means today. For any royal information heard on today's show, check us out at rightroyalroundup.com.au. The party continues for Crown Prince Frederick's 50th birthday with a banquet held at Christian Ball Palace in Copenhagen on Saturday the 26th of May. Royal guests included King Carl Gustav and Queen Sylvia, as well as Crown Princess Victoria and Prince Daniel of Sweden, Crown Prince Haakon and Crown Princess Meta Marit of Norway, King Philippe and Queen Mathilde of the Belgians, King Willem-Alexander and Queen Maxima of the Netherlands, Grand Duke Henri and Grand Duchess Maria Theresa of Luxembourg. Queen Margareta and Crown Princess Mary gave speeches during the event. You can read their speeches on our website at rightroyalroundup.com.au. Then there was a concert the following night on Sunday the 27th of May at the Royal Arena featuring a lineup of Danish artists and comedians. Crown Prince Frederick and Crown Princess Mary and their four children and Prince Joachim, Princess Marie and Prince Henrik attended the show. D.R. Pickert sang Hans Christian Andersen's song in Denmark on Born during the show. The Crown Prince family greeted the performing artists afterwards. Danish television network DR broadcasted the birthday show live on DR1. Meanwhile, Greenland has issued a commemorative 50 crown stamp 
which is worth just over 10 Australian dollars, to celebrate Crown Prince Frederick's birthday, which is available through the telecommunications company Telepost. Crown Prince Frederick is wearing the traditional Greenlandic white anorak. Visit Right Royal Roundup on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Right Royal Roundup. Or you can check out our website, rightroyalroundup.com.au. There has been talk that the Duke and Duchess of Sussex may visit regional New South Wales, maybe the Hunter Valley. This week we have State MP for the Upper Hunter, Michael Johnson, on the line suggesting where Harry and Megan might like to visit. Michael, welcome to Right Rail Roundup. Oh, good to be with you, Carolyn. How are you this morning? The Hunter Valley is, you know, it's got lots to offer. We've got lots of vineyards. There's Scone, the horse capital of Australia. So what would you recommend that the Duke and Duchess would like to do should they choose to visit the Hunter Valley? Well, it is a, a wonderful place to visit and... Uh, I'll remind everyone that the Upper Hunter electorate is the home of world-class mines, wines, equines and bovines, <laughs> fitting perfectly in with uh, what Harry and Meghan might like to do. And, uh, of course, the royal family have a close association with uh, Scone uh, through Polo and the Packer family at Elliston, and they uh, no doubt would have a great time revisiting uh, Scone and Megan. I'm not sure if either of them have been there, but certainly other members of the royal family have. And being able to visit Scone and uh, go out to uh, Elliston would be uh, wonderful for them. And, of course, uh, some tours of world-class thoroughbred studs where uh, some of our greatest uh, racehorses have been bred over quite a long period of time. And, of course, the Hunter Valley is known for world-class wines as well. So We've got great restaurants, the Equine and Polo Association and the Thoroughbred Associations there would uh, be more than happy to to show uh, Harry and Megan around. Of course, that would be absolutely wonderful. So have you met any members of the royal family before? I haven't, no, no. But uh, if we uh, had the opportunity, I'd look forward to uh, to meeting them both and wishing them all uh, very both very well and, and for their future success. And and I'm sure they'll have a, a great life together. And, of course, it'll own, that life will only be enhanced if they visit the Upper Hunter. Yes, and with all the horses up, in, particularly around Scone, I wonder if Princess Anne's ever made a visit. So I'm sure she'd feel yeah, right I'm not at home. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, but I know Prince Charles has been there before. And uh, I know other members of the royal family have, but I've never met them personally. Uh, but I'd certainly look forward to the opportunity to be able to meet uh, Harry and Meghan. Are you going to the Invictus Games? I uh, intend to uh, to attend uh, the uh, Invictus Games uh, when they're on at some point, and uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. That's, uh, that'll be a great event for New South Wales. It sure will, especially helping our disabled servicemen and women to help through sport. And yeah, absolutely. Prince, Prince Harry has done a marvellous job in helping veterans overcome post-traumatic stress disorders and usually the horrors of war. Yes, well, it is a very real issue uh, that is well publicised and well recognised, and and uh, I think Prince Harry is a uh, a wonderful ambassador for our veterans, indeed the royal family and uh, the whole of the Commonwealth. I think he turned out to be a, a grown up to be a, a wonderful young adult and a, and a fantastic ambassador.
On Right Royal Roundup, we now go back in time for some Right Royal Regal history. Did you know that the 29th of May was once a public holiday in Great Britain until the middle of the 19th century? Charles II was also born on the 29th of May in 1630, the eldest child of King Charles I and his wife Queen Henrietta Maria of France. It was called Royal Oak Day, Oak Apple Day or Restoration Day to commemorate the restoration of the monarchy as Charles II had arrived back in London on his 30th birthday in 1660. In 1660, the Parliament passed a law declaring the 29th of May a public holiday as a Thanksgiving and anniversary of restoring the monarchy after years of Republican rule. So you're thinking, what's an oak tree got to do with the restoration of the monarchy? Well, Charles II tried to reclaim his English kingdom after his coronation in Scotland, so he invaded with an army of 16,000 soldiers, mostly Scots. Charles II's army were defeated at the Battle of Worcester by Oliver Cromwell's new model army on the 3rd of September in 1651. Charles II managed to escape from Worcester, but he was a fugitive on the run as there was a bounty on his head. King Charles arrived around 3am at Boscobel House on the 6th of September, only to find another royalist soldier, Colonel William Carless, or Careless, was already hiding there. It was not deemed safe to stay inside the house, as soldiers were still out looking for him, so Charles II and Colonel Carless climbed up a large oak tree about 150 yards from the house. They took some bread, cheese and beer to last all day, and a cushion. The tree hadn't been trimmed for about three or four years, so it was now very bushy and thick, and it could easily hide two men from view. It also had some space around it, so it provided a great view in all directions for the two men. As expected, the roundhead soldiers approached, so they watched the soldiers below searching the woods and beating the bushes, but they did not look up and spot the two men hiding up in the tree. The two men came down after sunset, and King Charles was later taken to another safe house. You can still see a descendant of the oak tree at Boscobel House, which is run by English Heritage and is open to the public. Some places in Britain still celebrate Oak Apple Day by wearing sprigs of oak leaves or oak apples. Mosley Old Hall in the West Midlands celebrates with reenactment activities. It is also observed as Founders Day by the Royal Hospital Chelsea, which Charles II founded in 1681 for retired British Army veterans. Welcome to Right Royal Roundup with Carol and Cash. Now crossing live to the throne. Queen Elizabeth has met with the new Australian High Commissioner George Brandis at Buckingham Palace on Wednesday the 30th of May. Mr Brandis took over the reins from Alexander Downer who stepped down early this year. The Queen traditionally sends for High Commissioners during the first few weeks of their position. A state Landau from the Royal Muse arrives at the Embassy or Residence to take the High Commissioner to the palace. Mr Brandis, like his predecessors, is required to hand over his letters of commission during the 20-minute meeting. That's all we have for this week. Thanks for joining us and we look forward to your company again next week. You've been listening to Right Royal Roundup with Carol and Cash. Tune in next week for more of the latest royal news from around the world. And don't forget to like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Right Royal Roundup or visit our website, rightroyalroundup.com.au.